2: The Dodgers are world champions. It's Carricker and Smallman with Michelle Smallman. I'm Randy Carricker, and we head now to the Brown and Crouppen celebrity line. And a happy man this morning is Dodgers play by play man, Tim Neverett. Tim, great to have you with us on the air here in St. Louis after, I'm sure, what was an absolutely thrilling evening in Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, it was a bit of a long night, but that's okay. You kind of expect it under the circumstances, but. Appreciate you having me on, Randy and
0: Michelle. Well, thanks for making the time for us after a long night, Tim. And there's so much to decipher and digest from the game last night, but I want to start here. Let's talk about Blake Snell. He was absolutely dominant. He got the early hook after five and one-third scoreless innings last night. What was your reaction when you realized Snell was being taken out of the game at that point?
1: I think it was probably the same as everybody else's who wasn't in that raised dugout. Uh, it was like, well, what are you doing? <laughs> I mean, but, but that's what they've been doing all year with him. And, but, you know, you're talking about an elimination game of the world series. Sometimes you got to go on a little feel. You got to change your plan a little bit. Um, he was absolutely dominant. And as well as he pitched in game two, he was pitching better here in game six and he was, do- I mean, they couldn't hit him. They couldn't touch him. And he was, you know, his slider was as good as it's been all year you know, it fastball that had just all kinds of punch to it. I thought that uh, he was definitely going to stay in, probably you know, good enough to go seven innings before they turned it over to the bullpen. But at that particular time, again, they stuck with their formula that had worked for them during the course of the season. Now, Snell had probably been the most uh, outwardly upset about being taken out of a few games, uh, including in the postseason, a little bit too early because as a pitcher, you, you have a feel you know, the catcher would have a feel also and say, you know, this guy's good. I mean, his pitch count was really good. It it just, it it defied, uh, you know, normal baseball logic, but the Rays don't do anything normally. And that's kind of why they went as far as they did this year. I mean, beating the Yankees and, and uh, you know, that that was just a, a huge time for them. But now what do they do to take that next step? But yeah, I think I was probably like you saying, you know, this just doesn't make any sense at this point in time, but I'm
2: glad he's coming out. And and Tim, what followed was so Dodger, wasn't it? With Especially this year with Betts being there, getting the double, they're able to run, they they take advantage of the other team's mistakes, and then they really buckle down after they scored the runs to win the game. That's, you talk about a formula, that's the Dodgers formula.
1: Yeah, it took just six pitches. Think about this. Snell dominates for the time he's in the game. And then six pitches after he leaves, it's two to one. And uh, they, and they didn't look back and the bullpen for the Dodgers closed it down. But yeah, that's, that's is incredible. Uh, I've been seeing this act out of Mookie for a while. I was lucky enough to be with him in Boston uh, through the 2018 season before going to Los Angeles. And uh, you know, I've been telling people he's the best base runner on the planet. He proved that with the, with the second run, with the infield drawn in, Corey Seager at the plate, one out, you know, it's automatic. It's going to be a contact play there, especially with Mookie. With a left-handed batter up, third baseman playing off the bag a little bit, that gave Mookie an extra step, and boy, did he get a great jump and, and scored the game winner. Uh, he, he's just an incredible player all the way around, no matter how you cut it. And, you know, the, there are people who want to argue, okay, who is the best player? Is it Mookie or is it Mike Trout? It's not fair to Mike Trout because Trout's a really good player. He just doesn't have the players around him. Um you know but with mookie <laughs> he is the player that people want to build around uh but i i think the dodger fans are just so fortunate now and and unfortunately for the national league they're going to see a lot of mookie bets over the next dozen years
0: Tim, we can't talk about the Dodgers in the postseason without talking about Clayton Kershaw. The narrative surrounding him heading into this was, can he get it done? Well, not only did the Dodgers finally win a world championship, Clayton Kershaw had an unbelievable postseason. So how much do you think finally capturing this championship and having a dominant postseason affects his legacy?
1: Uh, I think it's huge. You know, he said after the game, I don't care about the legacy. I don't care about anything. I just care about what's going on right now. But I think there's going to be a time where he'll sit back and he'll, He'll start counting up the numbers, and he'll realize how important this this postseason was to his legacy. Because he went from a sub five hundred pitcher in the postseason at eleven and twelve to thirteen and twelve. So if you're over five hundred in the postseason and you go two and zero in a World Series, I think that flips the script on the legacy part of it. He was very very good. I mean, Game One that was vintage Kershaw. Game Five was not. He didn't have his best stuff he had good enough stuff but it's just fascinating to watch a guy pick his way around the lineup and the fact that he stepped off the rubber and threw home when margot was trying to steal home was huge because how many times have you seen a pitcher just continue to pitch to the plate which means it's a live ball which also means the batter could put it in play when you step off like that if the batter puts it in play that's an out and the run doesn't count so it was significant that he had the presence of mind to step off the rubber and throw home that's a a, maybe a little thing that people really didn't think about at the time but that's just something that he did and something that he has worked on because he knows he has that slow move to the plate he knows he has that big stretch that allowed Margot to get down the line and give it a shot to try to steal home but that being said everything else he did was really really good And, and you could tell after the game, just by the comments from the players and the way that they sought him out to hug him. and uh, You know, what his manager, Dave Roberts, said, that it was such an important thing, not just for the franchise, but for a guy like Kershaw, who'd been through the wars, who's got a Hall of Fame resume, but no title, now he's finally got that title.
2: Dodgers play-by-play man Tim Neverett with us on 101 ESPN Uh, I want to get the read on Dave Roberts in LA and the people that are Dodger fans are around the club because he seems like such a good guy and I don't think ever really made a bad move in those 17 and 18 World Series as a matter of fact now we know that there was nefarious activity on the part of the teams that the Dodgers did play but he's a guy from afar Tim that I'm I'm really happy for
1: yeah uh, me too (laughs) he's I'll tell you what, he's one of the best guys ever. I'll tell you a quick story, it's just to give you an example. Uh, my first spring training with the Dodgers a couple of years ago, I was sitting in his office, and he said, "Hey, what are you doing tomorrow?" Tomorrow morning, I said, uh, "I don't know. I'll come over to the ballpark like I normally would." He goes, "I want you to come in and be part of our team meeting." He goes, "I want to introduce you to everybody at once, and I want to talk you up some." And I said, "Well, that's really nice of you." So, so I showed up, and and uh, you know, he did that for me. I was the the only. I guess, uh, non-player staff member that was invited to this team meeting. And and that's been the, you know, kind of the basis of my relationship with him is that we've always gotten along and, and uh, you know, he went out of his way to make me feel welcome. And anytime that I want to talk to him, no problem. It's been great. He's one of the, the best, most affable managers I've ever been around. And, you know, you did, I did feel bad for him losing 17 and 18, but at the same time, you know, he, he's probably got a few more <laughs> a few more coming, <laughs> I think, with yeah. the roster that's assembled. And, uh, you know, building around a guy like Mookie Betts and having, you know, a guy like Cody Bellinger around isn't too bad either. So, and Corey Seeger especially. But, um, you know, the way that he's treated by the fans, it's funny because the, with all the success that they've had, it's like any baseball market. If there's something that goes wrong, if you lose a game, everybody wants you instantly fired. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and, and, then when you, and then when you win a game, they they love you. So that's just the up-and-down nature of the relationship between the fans and the manager of a baseball team that has high expectations. So I think that with Dave, uh, you know, he can ride high for a while. I I don't know where this is going to compare for him as a player in 2004 after stealing a base against the Yankees to keep that series alive and then going on to win a World Series. That's probably going to be right up there. But I think his first as a manager probably tops it a little bit.
0: Tim, it wouldn't be... 2020, if we didn't have to talk about COVID-19 in the same breath as the world championship. But, you know, Justin Turner, they find out in the eighth inning or heading into the eighth inning that he tests positive for COVID-19. He gets pulled from the game. He's supposed to isolate at that point, but no one stops him from going out to celebrate with his teammates. He's out there taking pictures without a mask on. Do you think that this was a, a bad look for the Dodgers and for baseball? Or do you think a lot of people are going to say, hey, they were celebrating in that moment. They didn't want to take that away from him. They probably weren't thinking correctly. How do you think this is going to play among the fans and um, among baseball fans?
1: Yeah, I, that's a good question. And it was one of those things where, you know, you're elated because you won the title. You're now a World Series champion. And then you know what happened. Uh, after the game, you know that he tested positive. You're, you're hoping it's a false positive, but it's not. Uh, according to reports, it's not. Uh, it, it's just, uh, I, you know, I think it's a microcosm of 2020. And, and not to make light of it, but, I mean, think of this. You've got a guy who is pitching a two-hit shutout dominantly who doesn't stay in the game as long as a guy who tests positive for COVID-19. I mean, it's just it's just a picture of what we're going through here in 2020, um, and, and it does give you bittersweet thoughts about what's going on here because you don't know if this turns into a a spreading event. It's going to be hard to find out because these players now are going to you know they're going to scatter for the off season, and some of them live right there in Texas. There's a few that live within an hour of the ballpark, so um, you know you're, you're just going to. Uh, the players aren't going to volunteer information if they test positive, but I I just think that it's kind of a, a bad thing that was cast over uh, a season, which I think major league baseball in spite of positive tests, in spite of game cancellations under the circumstances, did an incredible job of getting a season completed. And also think of this, let's say the Rays came back last night after we know that Turner tested positive. With all the possible exposures, when do you think Game Seven would have been played next month?
2: Yeah. I so mean, what you're telling us is that uh, Kevin Cash saved the World Series.
1: <laughs> uh, that's one way to look at it, but uh, I, I didn't say that. But it's, 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 you know, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. That might be one of them. But yeah, I tell you what, it's just such a weird season. And for a 60 game season, I think uh, you know, Dodgers owner Mark Walter said it when he accepted the trophy. Even though it was 60 games, it seemed a lot longer. You know, he couldn't have been more correct. I mean, just being there every day, uh, you know, the summer camp portion of things, that seemed to go on forever, even though it was short. Uh, I I don't know. 60 games, under the circumstances, that was probably the right number. And Major League Baseball is very fortunate that the
2: season ended last night. Dodger play-by-play man Tim Neverett, final thing here. Uh, The guy who formerly occupied the seat that you sit in now, Vin Scully, around for the Dodgers' first world championship in 32 years. Joe Buck referred to to Vin uh, with two outs last night and talked about how great it was that the Dodgers were going to win with him. What was it like in your booth and uh, how was Vin discussed, I'm sure he was, as the Dodgers approached and came up with their world championship?
1: Well, and his famous line in a year of the improbable, the impossible has happened. Um, <laughs> he's, he is obviously revered and I, I can tell you this when I go over and work television and I sit in the same chair and have the same vantage point at Dodger stadium that he, he had for so many years, it's not lost on me. Believe me. I, I think about it. I, I say pretty much every time I take that chair, but, uh, And I'm sure that Joe Davis does, too, sits in that seat the majority of the time. But, you know, it's just uh, I love the fact that he's on uh, social media now doing videos and whatnot and keeping in touch with the fans. Uh, There's nothing wrong about Vin Scully. You You can't find anything wrong with that man in terms of how he is as a person, how he is as a as a broadcaster, how, you know, his career went. I mean, everybody would want to be him if they want to be a baseball broadcaster, I think, it, just because of the longevity, because of the fact that, uh, you know, Los Angeles has had so many great sports figures over the years. And there was a recent poll by uh, one of the uh, one of the media outlets, and of all of the sports figures, the great athletes they've had, I mean, the Magic Johnsons, the Kareem abdul Jabars. you go up and down the list. Vin Scully was by far the number one sports figure in Los Angeles as voted by people who live there and who have lived there for years. And, and just to give you an idea of how much a part of the organization he still is. I mean, even when you know I mentioned Mark Walter, the owner accepted the trophy last night, he mentioned Vin in his speech. <laughs> so it's just one of those things that, where he's always going to be present, whether he's there or not. And, uh, you know, we all have our own memories of, of him and uh, conversations, you recall, that, that we've been lucky enough to have with Vin, but he he is one of a kind by far. And I know in St. Louis, you had the great Jack Buck, and as great as Jack, Jack was, um, you, know, you, you know as a community what that great broadcaster means to the community and how he communicated with the fans for so many years. And, you know, it's the same relationship with Vin. Uh, that that fans not only had but still have with him uh, and, and we'll never forget.
2: Tim Neverett, we really appreciate the reaction. We really, really appreciate you getting up so early after the Dodgers won the World Series last night. Thanks so much for your time. Congratulations and enjoy that ring.
1: Well, how do you know I even went to bed?
2: <laughs> That's a great question. Yeah, and, hey, So keep enjoying the celebration, Tim. Okay. <laughs> Take care. Thanks, guys. Thank you very right. much. Tim Never, Dodgers play-by-play man with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN.
0: What a gamer to get up and do this interview yeah. with us. We appreciate that yeah. big time.
2: I, I wonder if he did go to bed. He's by the, he and the Dodgers broadcasters did broadcast from their booth at Dodger Stadium. And Joe and John Smoltz were the only broadcasters allowed in the ballpark globe-life field in Arlington.
0: What does a celebration look like when you're the broadcaster that's not with the team and we're in a pandemic and you can't really go out or do much?
2: Yeah, it's probably a Dodger Stadium thing, right? Yeah. And Hopefully they provided food and a lot of champagne to spray on each other. And hopefully. Just had a, a great booth celebration or at least a big luxury box or something like something. that. Had some Dodger dogs.
0: Room to There's room to roam in the stadium yeah, with nobody there there.
2: there. there is. Congratulations to the Dodgers. Next up, we've got the fight on 101 ESPN.